What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Jackson, Missouri. We would love to meet you and 
families. Those of you here, welcome. Thank you so much for coming this morning. This morning, we're going to be continuing this series we began several weeks ago now. The Star Wars, the saga, as we continue our summer at the movies. And today's topic, I understand, is not going to be one of those lovey-dovey, good-feeling messages. When I was writing it, I'm like, God... Show me how to do this in love. This is what you're wanting me to say. Show me how to do this in love. So this morning, we're going to be talking about the coming judgment. Last week, we began by talking about judgment just a little bit as we were talking about getting ready for Sodom and Gomorrah. And Abraham was being warned of the destruction that God was getting ready to bring upon that city unless they were to turn and repent or unless, remember, Abraham was kind of dealing with God saying, God, please, please, if you find 50 all the way down to 10 people left in this city that are righteous, please spare that city. And God said, if I find 10, I'll spare it. Today, we're going to find ourselves in Sodom and Gomorrah, in the area. And two angels of God are coming to warn the city of the coming destruction. And some of us need to wake up today about the coming judgment because it is coming. And I feel every day we're getting closer and closer to that judgment. Let's go ahead and read our key passage for this entire series as we get ready to get started this morning. In Genesis 19, for those of you who want to mark your finger there. The key passage, though, this morning comes from Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, and here's what it says. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree. Planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither. And whatever he does shall prosper. Let's pray this morning and we'll get into this message. Father, we thank you this morning, Lord, for those here, those tuning online this morning. I just pray right now, God, that you would enter this atmosphere, Lord, and begin to speak your words through me this morning. Let them not be my own, but the hearer may hear the words you have to say here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, here we are. Psalm 1, some of you may have noticed as we've been discussing it over the last several weeks, is the key passage for the entire series. It's talking about a man who's seeking righteousness. Who seek, he doesn't seek, sit in the counsel of the ungodly. Instead, he doesn't stand in the path of sinners. He doesn't sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. This person that's being referred to here in Psalm is one that is seeking righteousness. That is so important. To today's world, that was so important to what we've been talking about in the life of Abraham, him surrendering his entire life, leaving everything he ever knew to follow God's will for his life. We pick up that story today in Genesis chapter 19. Let's begin there in verse 1 as we begin reading and get right into today's word. It says, Now the two angels came to Sodom in, that e in the evening, and Lot was sitting in the gate of Sodom. And when Lot saw them, he rose to meet them, and he bowed himself with his face toward the ground, and he said, Here now, my lords, please turn into your servant's house and spend the night, and wash your feet. Then you may rise early and go on your way. And they said, No, but we will spend the night in the open square. But he insisted strongly, so that they turned into him and entered his house. 
Then he made them a feast and baked unleavened bread, and they ate. Now remember, Lot's the one that made this decision to go towards the land of Sodom. Remember, he was picking a nice land. Well, eventually his family and him kind of move on into the city of Sodom, which is, which is getting ready to get destroyed. And that's what the passage is telling us here. But that decision we talked about weeks ago when we began talking about the split between Lot and Abraham, that it was in the east. Many of the bad decisions man has made have caused them to head east. In the Bible, the fall of Adam and Eve, they, there was a garden at the east gate of the garden, or the east part of the garden. To block them from entering. When men came towards the Tower of Babel, they were headed east to begin the tower. When Cain was banned from God's presence and cursed, he headed east. And now again, Lot, when he made his decision to go after the land that looked good. Remember, Abraham got what was left, right? We talked about that that week. We're not going to go back and talk about that again. But Lot made the decision to go east. Judging by the geography that's described in scripture, he headed east towards Sodom. Now he's ended up in the city. And he's in this city. He's in the middle of all the chaos, all the nonsense, which we're getting ready to hear about here in just a minute. And now he notices these two angels. And it seems that he recognized that they were angels. So however he noticed that, he asked them to come and stay with him because Lot knew it wasn't safe to be in the streets of Sodom at night. Number one point this morning for those of you taking notes. Protection begins with respect for God's chosen. Who is God's chosen? Well, in this case, it's the two angels that God is sending to the city to warn those that would listen. In this case, Lot and his family, that there is a coming destruction. God's chosen. And Lot recognizes that and he decides he's going to protect them because he knows and he has respect for God, God's chosen. He has a respect for that. <clears throat> Let's take a look at Star Wars for a second. Luke, remember in the snow here, because we're in the Empire Strikes Back now. In the snow, after he escapes the cave of the snow beast, he's laying in the snow, and there's this vision that shows up in the middle of the snow, and it's Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he could have not heeded to Obi-Wan's word. Remember what Obi-Wan told Luke here in that movie? He said, you're going to go to the Dagobah system. Now, it looks like at this scene, Luke is laying there about to die. How is he going to go to the Dagobah system when he's about to die in the snow? But what Obi-Wan said is you're going to go to the Dagobah system and you're going to learn from Master Yoda and the Jedi Master who instructed me. Hmm. So Luke could have not heeded Obi-Wan's message to train with Yoda. He could have just laid in the snow and died. But out of respect, out of the respect he had for Obi-Wan, because he had tried to teach him some things, remember, he got up out of the snow once he was rescued, right? He didn't get up. Han rescues him. He gets recovered, and he heads to Dagobah. Everybody else is going to the, the system where they're all going to meet up, but Luke tells R2, and you remember the scene when they're flying away, we're not going to regroup with the others. We're going to the Dagobah system, because he was following out of respect for Obi-Wan, the word that Obi-Wan had for him. Here, Lot notices these two men who are angels who were there, and they're out of and out of respect for who they were, he let them stay in his house. He fed them in his house. This ends up leading to the ultimate sparing of Lot's life as we take a look at these passages. Galatians chapter 6. We're going to be reading some extra stuff. Because remember, the title of today's message is The Coming 
judgment. God was getting ready to judge Sodom and Gomorrah for all of the evil that had risen up in these two cities. He was getting ready to judge them. He sends two angels to warn them about the coming judgment. And Lot and his family are the only ones that's going to listen. You're going to find that out as we go. But here's what Galatians 6, 7 through 10 said. Remember, we're talking about the only way protection begins with respect for God's chosen. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. And he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season... Due season. Seasons are something we need to catch there. In due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Some translations say if we faint not. We don't give up because we're doing good. Let's not grow weary in doing good. Let's continue to do good because in due season you're going to reap a harvest. That's what we're here to do, Christians, is reap a harvest. Verse 10 says, therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. You've got to be careful what you're letting in your eye holes. Let's say it that way. What you're letting into your body that can corrupt you. You've got to be careful of the things that you're following, leading, you know, just like sheep following them to the slaughter. You've got to be careful because what Galatians is telling us there, if you reap of the flesh, you're going to reap of the flesh, but you're going to reap corruption. But if you'll reap the spirit, if you'll follow the spirit, you will reap everlasting life. Paul's giving us a warning to the Galatian church here in this passage. Now, here's something interesting. Check out what Jesus had to say on the subject. And I'm only going to read one verse from this chapter. What I want to encourage you to do, if you're listening, go to Matthew 24. Read it yourself. But Matthew 24, 24. Here is what Jesus says. And he's talking about the last days. All right. Listen to what Jesus says. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive. Check out the last part. If possible, even the elect. Who are the elect? Those are the Christians. They're the ones claiming to have a relationship with God. But what he's warning us about is, if you're not careful, if you're not cautious, what you're letting in, what you're following, then you're going to wake up one day and you're going to realize that, oops, I've been following the wrong thing because unless you're seeking the righteousness of God, you're not following God. You're following something else. God is who we need to follow. Jesus says there are many false Christs, false prophets will rise. And what else are they going to do? They're not just going to rise up. They're going to show great signs and wonders to deceive. So they've got the power to deceive you. Christians, we need to wake up. Look at the world around you. Look at what's going on. Make sure you're seeking God in your everyday life. Not letting something else guide you to destruction. You've got to wake up. I believe, I'm a firm believer, you receive Christ in your heart. You are saved. But some of you are going to regret what you've been following when that day comes. Because Jesus also mentions in Matthew, not in this chapter. But he says, many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils? 
paraphrasing. And then the Lord or Jesus is going to say to them, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I never knew you. I think there are a lot of people deceiving themselves right now. You claim you're seeking a relationship with God. But your fruit's not showing that. If you're seeking after God, your fruit's going to show it. Let's continue reading there in Genesis 19, verses 4 through 8. Now before they lay down, the men of the city, the men of Sodom, both old and young, all the people from every quarter surrounded the house. And they called to Lot and said to him, where are the men who came to you tonight? Bring them out mm, to us that we may know them carnally. We'll talk about that in a minute. So Lot went out to them through the doorway, shut the door behind him and said, Please, my brethren, do not do so wickedly. See now, I have two daughters who have not known a man. Please let me bring them out to you, and you may do to them as you wish. Only do nothing to these men, since this is the reason they have come under the shadow of my roof. Point number two this morning as we continue, and I'm trying to keep it clean here. So we got kids in the audience this morning. Here's the deal. Point number two is that darkness hates the light. Darkness hates the light. Understand that. What you're following, is it following the light? Is it leading you to Jesus? Is it pointing your direction to God? If the answer is no, you might need to rethink what you're following. Because we're to be following God. Not anything else. And there are a lot of false gods, false prophets, and things going on right now. Claiming things. Understand, if you're not careful, Christians, you may be deceived. Before I talk more about the scripture that talks about darkness, hating the light, let's get to our points. Let's get back to Star Wars. We'll give you a little bit of a release there for a minute. Check it out. What happened in Star Wars? At the beginning of Empire Strikes Back, if you remember... Once the Empire finds the rebels on Hoth, they immediately try to destroy them out of fear that they may overthrow them eventually. What they're afraid of is these rebels that keep rising up, building an army, or hiding, or fighting against what's coming, are going to rise up. So what they're doing, when they figure out where they're at, if you remember how that happened, there was a probe destroyed, Han shot it, it blew up. Oh, that was too easy. The Empire knows we're here. And then here they come. Because they knew that if they can get enough rebels to rise up, that they could overthrow the empire. They knew it. That's why they were pursuing them. So Darth Vader, we'll talk about it, goes to that area to destroy the rebels and anything left of them. Darkness hates the light. If you're giving any light of hope, they do not like you. Because they know that if people have hope... They can do many things. But if you can take away that hope, they'll just follow whatever comes along. The only place you're going to find hope, let me go ahead and say this before we continue, is in Jesus. And I'm going to tell you that right before we continue here this morning. So let's go back to this story. Abraham here, or Lot here. These men are trying to violate these angels, but Lot refuses to send them out. What is going on here? Right here, the first thing you notice is there's a sin of homosexuality happening right here. These are men asking for men to come out so they can know them carnally. Read between the lines. That means they want to do bad things. We're trying to keep it clean here this morning. But understand, this is just one 
of the many sins that's been going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. Wake up. Wake up. That's what these men are trying to do. Lot comes outside. Do you realize that Lot was even willing to give up his virgin daughters to these men just to keep them from attacking the angels? That's what he just said in the scriptures that we just read. Verse 7 and 8, he said, please, my brother, do not do so wickedly. See, now I have two daughters who have not known a man. They're virgins. Please let me bring them out to you that you may do with them as you wish. He's willing to sacrifice them to protect the men of God he knows who have come to his home. And he's trying to protect them. Some of y'all need to read the Bible, not just read over the words. Read it. Understand what's happening in the text. I bet you some of that caught some of you by surprise. But understand, he's, he's offering them that you may not, and you do with them as you're with, but do nothing to these men. This is why they've come to my house. This is why I brought them here to protect them. That's what life's saying to them. Darkness hates the light. You don't believe me? Here's what John 3, 19 to 21 says. This is Jesus talking. For those of you, I know we preach a lot of love, and that's a good thing. God does love you. But Jesus also preached the judgment of God that would come upon men. And we'll go back and read 16 and then here in just a minute. But right now, check out what he says in verses 19 to 21. Jesus is talking to Nicodemus here. Here's what he says. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. That is Jesus talking. What's our point? Darkness hates the light. They hate it. He says, this is the condemnation that the light has come into the world in the middle of darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. Verse 20, for everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light lest his deeds should be exposed. And I'm here to tell you, God is exposing a lot of things with the light. In today's world, if you're just watching mainstream media, you're not going to see it. But there's a lot going on in this world behind the scenes of the mainstream media that you need to pay attention to, Christians. You need to wake up because God is exposing several things right now in the darkness and the evil deeds of man. Verse 21, he said, but he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen and that they have been done or that they have been done in God. If you're bringing the light, you're not afraid to let it be exposed because you know you're bringing God to the table, right? So you got to understand the darkness hates the light. Jesus says that's the condemnation. The light came into the world. Darkness rejected it. They didn't see it because they liked their evil deeds. Men love the darkness rather than the light. Human nature will take you there. You've got to understand there's a God, there's a Savior who is trying to save you, but many people are missing. Continuing there in Genesis 19, 9 through 11. Here we go. And they said, stand back. Then they said, notice how they talked a lot here. Because they know Lot, when Abraham and him split, he came to this country, right? He took his family and went that way. Abraham got the land of Canaan. He got what was left. You know, it didn't look like much at the time, but God's like, I'm going to build a nation with you. Here in this land, this land is yours. That's what he said to Abraham. Lot splits, heads to the city. Here's what happens. They said, stand back. This is Genesis 19, 9 through 11. And they said, stand back. Then they said, this one came in to stay here. Talking about Lot. And he keeps acting as a judge. 
We won't talk about it. Hold on for a second. Now we will deal worse with you than with them. So they pressed hard against the man lot and came near to break down the door. <clears throat> but the men reached out their hands and pulled Lot into the house with them. Talking about the angels. And shut the door. Verse 11 says, And they struck the men who were in at the doorway of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they became weary trying to find the door. Point number three this morning. Popular opinion leads to popular blindness. What do you mean by that? If you're just following what the world's telling you, we're going to talk more about it. I'm going to wait. Because we're going to talk about this more as the sermon progresses this morning. Popular opinion leads to popular blindness. Let's take a look at Star Wars and then we'll come back to this story. Star Wars, Darth Vader, he's a prime example here. Darth Vader is a prime example of what it looks like to take the wrong side. Blinded by power, he gave up being Anakin Skywalker, and he became Darth Vader. His journey to the dark side was a slow one. Many people, you look at your life, maybe you're listening to me right now online. You look at your life, you look back and you're like, how did I get here? I'm supposed to be a Christian. It's a slow road that leads to darkness. Anakin, it was a group of things, a group of things that had begun happening here. And he ends up on the wrong side because he was blinded by power. Remember, he wanted more power. He wanted to be able to heal Padme from death, right? He wanted to be able to do things. He wanted that supreme power. Power became a temptation and it led to his ultimate fall. Well, he looks pretty good. He's leading an empire out of it. Wait, the story's not over. We're going to talk about that more next week. I won't go there today. These men went so far as to try to attack Lot for not giving them what they wanted. They wanted to know these two angels carnally. There's a sin there. God, or Lot wouldn't let him. So they began to attack him. Luckily, the angels pull Lot at the door and protect him from their attack. And then they blind the men at the door. Causing them to give up because they became weary trying to find the door. Popular opinion leads to popular blindness. Matthew 7, 13 to 14. Here's what Jesus says. This is Jesus talking again. Enter by the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult. Too many Christians thought it was going to be easy when you got saved. He says difficult is the way which leads to life. And there are few who find it. If popular opinion is telling you to believe something, it's time to wake up. Because popular opinion leads to popular blindness. Popular opinion, Jesus says, that the broad is the road that leads to destruction. In other words, men want it. They're after it. Some of them don't even know they're headed there. But narrow, difficult, he says, is the road that leads to eternal life. And there are few, he says, who find it. Get back on the narrow path, Christians. Get back on the narrow path. Popular opinion leads to popular blindness. If you let it, this world will deceive you into believing a lie. 
God is trying to tell you this morning, if you're listening to this, whenever you're checking this out, wake up. This stuff is happening right now in our world. Right now, I won't even just say in America. It's happening worldwide right now. Wake up, Christians. Wake up. Broad is the road that leads to destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. You better be on the narrow path. You better make sure you're on the narrow path. You don't want to become one of those. He says, sorry, I never knew you. Worker of iniquity. Even though you're claiming you've done all these things in God's name. Wake up. Verse 12 of chapter 19 of Genesis as we continue our story. Then the men said to Lot, the angels now are talking. Had anyone else here, son-in-law, your sons, your daughters, whomever you have in the city, take them out of this place. For we will destroy this place because of the outcry against them has grown great before the face of the Lord. And the Lord has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who had married his daughters and said, Get up, get out of this place, for the Lord will destroy this city. But his sons-in-law seemed to, or he seemed to be joking. But to his sons-in-law, he seemed to be joking. Point number four this morning. The majority will miss the warnings. The majority will miss the warnings. Because they're not paying attention. They're watching the stuff going on around them. They're missing God. They're looking at everything else. You're going to miss the warnings. Because the majority will miss the warnings. Remember, broad is the road. That leads to destruction. Narrow is the road that leads to eternal life. He says, few find it. You got to be looking for it. How do you find it? You got to be looking for it. You want a way out? You got to be looking for it. Sadly, most people are not. That's what he tells us. The majority aren't. And the majority are going to miss the warnings. What happened here? Well, let's talk about Star Wars for a second. We'll come back. What happened? The empire came into being because people were missing the warning signs, which were control and power. Remember Senator Palpatine before he became the emperor was using the dark side of the force, we'll say, to persuade people to give him more and more power in the Senate, right? But people were missing it. The empire came into beginning because people were missing the warning signs. Even the Jedi admitted, how do we miss this? But then all of a sudden, he got an empire. Lot's son-in-laws here did not take him serious when he tried to warn them of the coming destruction. Lot says, get out of the city. God's going to destroy this city. They're laughing. They think he's joking. Oh, come on. Are you serious? How many? There's going to be many that do that to us. Those are trying to warn you. There is a coming judgment. God is coming to judge all of us. Eventually, it comes. Looking at the world around you. We are so close and we're running out of time. You need to wake up. Christians, you need to wake up. Romans 16, 17 to 18. Here's what it says. Now I urge you, brethren, note those who cause. Check it out. This is Paul talking. Romans 16, 17 to 18. I urge you, brethren, note those who cause divisions and offenses. Contrary to the doctrine which you learn and avoid them. It doesn't get any plainer than that. If they're causing divisions and offenses based not on what you learned doctrinally, the truth is in the Bible. He says avoid them. 
by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. I look at a world around us right now. There's so much deception and people are falling right into it. You gotta wake up, Christians. You gotta wake up. 1 Corinthians 6, 9 through 10. Here's what it says. Do you not know that the righteous will, or the unrighteous, I'm sorry. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Check out this list. We're going to talk about a few of them before we move on, but you need to wake up. All of these I see happening in today's world. They've been there since Paul was on the planet, right? Reading on there. Do not be deceived. Neither fornicators. What's a fornicator? Well, we don't have to get married. We can just live together, right? Bible says otherwise. You need to be getting married if you're going to live together. Sorry, I told you this wasn't going to be a feel-good sermon. That's fornication. That's what he's talking about here. Neither fornicators nor idolaters. In other words, people worshiping idols. Now remember, idols aren't necessarily those statues they used to worship. Idols are anything in your life that you are putting before God. That becomes an idol. That makes it an idolater. Nor adulterers. Don't have to explain that one. You guys know that. Nor, nor homosexuals. Nor sodomites. Now, I intentionally did not give you the definition of a sodomite here because I've got children in the audience. Go look up a sodomite. Look it up. Just Google it. Sodomy. See what it is. It'll surprise you, I think. Nor thieves. Nor covetous. They're wanting something that's not there. They're thieves. They're breaking and they're taking things. Nor drunkards. Nor revilers. Nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. What did he say? Let's read that again. I divided it up. He said, do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. That's the message this morning. You need to get it. There's a coming judgment. Do not be deceived, he says. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. Now I realize there's a couple of other big words there that I haven't broke down there. Let's just take a look at them real quick. What's it mean to revile? Because he says no revilers. To revile is to criticize in an abusive or hostile way. Or to spread negative information about when you verbally attack someone and call him names and say mean things, this is an example of a time when you revile. Sound familiar? What's an extortioner? Extortion, here's the definition. The practice of obtaining something, especially money, through force or threats. Sound familiar? God says through Paul here to the Corinthian church, these type of people and the whole list, there's a whole list there, not just those two we just talked about, will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's why we need Jesus. It's our human nature to seek these things. Jesus, but once you receive Jesus, you shouldn't find yourself constantly going after these same things. You need to wake up. If you're still going after these things, you probably don't have Jesus. Wake up. Jesus did die so that you could have 
of your sins. But when he forgives you of your sins, that doesn't mean, oh, God forgave you. I can do whatever I want now. No. We said it before. Salvation is not a prayer. It's a lifestyle. Your life, your fruit we talked about last week. The fruit you're bearing should show and will tell a lot about you. But if you're truly a Christian, it will show that God is the fruit that you're bearing. That righteousness is the fruit that you're bearing. That all things you're bearing, the fruit you're putting out is God. If it's something else, it's time to start questioning those things. Many will say to me on that day, I didn't put the verse here, I shouldn't. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? Have we not cast out devils in your name? Have we not done all these things in your name? Then I will reply to them, away from me, you evildoers. I never knew you. Wake up. Is your salvation a real thing? Is it a sure thing this morning? If you were to die right now, watching this video if you're online, here, if you were to die right now, do you know where you're spending eternity or have you just been going through the motions? Wake up. God is giving all kinds of warning signs. I encourage you, go read Matthew chapter 24. And when Jesus starts talking about the last days, there's a whole list of things. And all of them are happening right now. Wake up. Maybe I should have just titled the sermon, Wake Up. Because that's what it is. It's a coming judgment. It's coming. We don't like to talk about these things in today's gummy bear, I heard it said, or comfortable churches. We don't like to talk about it. We want to talk about God's love. We want you to pat me on the back, Pastor. But understand, God does love you. And he loves you so much. We're going to talk more in a minute about it. He gave his only son to die for you. He does love you, but he's also a just God, and justice will be served, and there's a coming judgment. You need to wake up. Genesis 19, 15 to 22. The majority are going to miss it. When the morning dawned, the angels urged Lot to hurry, saying, Arise, take your wife, your two daughters who are here, lest you be consumed in the punishment of this city. God's trying to spare his life. God held his word. Think about it. You got a lot. You got his wife. You got his two daughters. That's four. That's not ten. He said, if I find ten righteous, I'll spare it. He found four, and he spared those four. But check it out. Verse 16. And while he lingered, in other words, he was lingering. He wasn't moving fast enough. The men took hold of his hand, and his wife's hand, and the hands of his two daughters, the Lord being merciful to him. And they brought him out and set him outside the city. So it came to pass when they had brought him outside, or them outside, sorry, that he said, Escape for your life. It's an explanation point. So it was probably like, Escape for your life. That's what it was, right? It's an explanation point. Do not look behind you nor stay anywhere in the plain. Escape to the mountains, lest you be destroyed. Jesus talks about Matthew 24 escaping to the mountains. Now he's talking to the Jews, but go read it. Matthew 24, verse 18. Then Lot said to them, please know my lords. He's begging, no, know my lords. Indeed, now your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have increased 
your mercy, which you have shown me by saving my life. But I cannot escape to the mountains, lest some evil overtake me and I die. See now, this city is near enough to flee to, and it's, it is a little one. Please, let me escape there. Is it not a little one? And my soul shall live. And he said to them, in other words, one of the angels said to him, See, I have favored you concerning this thing also, in that I will not overthrow this city for which you have spoken. Hurry, escape there, for I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Therefore, the name of the city was Zor. Point number five this morning. We can only escape destruction by the grace of God, by the mercy of God. It's the only way to escape the coming destruction. It's coming. Today, too. Wake up. The only way to escape it is by the grace of God. Let's take a look at Star Wars and we'll get back to this. Luke was inevitably beaten with Vader in the scene you saw at the beginning that we just showed. Luke was inevitably, inevitably beaten when Vader had him out on the ledge. But he took a leap of faith that allowed him to survive and fight another day. Vader saying, come with me. I am your father, right? Luke looks at him. He looks down. He sees a way of escape. He goes. Leap of faith. He ends up being fine. He lives to fight another day. Lot and his family in this passage escape the coming destruction by heeding to the warning of the angels. But notice the angels took his hand and basically took him out because he was lingering too long. The angels were saying, hurry up. Get out. They're lingering. The scripture said he was lingering. So he grabbed, the angels grabbed his hand. They grabbed the hand of his wife, his daughters. They escort him out of the city. They get him out. They said, get out of here. Escape for your life. Destruction is coming. Escape. Escape. Lot and his family escaped. He was too afraid to go to the mountains. So he asked for a nearby city that they agreed not to destroy for his sake. He goes there. 1 Corinthians 6, 11. See, I stopped earlier. We read 1 Corinthians 6 through 10. If you remember. Just previously, we made our previous point. That's what was talking about. The unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. But if you jump on down there to verse 11, check out what it says. Remember the list. If you don't remember it, go back and read it. 6.11, here's what it says. And such were some of you, but you were washed, but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Such were some of you. Everything listed on the list. Such were some of you, he's saying. But God saved you. You were justified by God. It was through Jesus you were saved. You were sanctified. You were washed. In the name of the Lord Jesus, he says. And by the Spirit of our God. So there's good news. See, I don't like to end on a bad note. Let's end on a good note. There's good news. Just because you're doing anything on that list that we just talked about, Paul gave in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 and 10. Verse 11 says, just because of that doesn't mean you're out of hope. Because some of you were the same way, he says. Wake up. John 3, 16 to 18. Remember I said we'd come back to this because we read 19 through 21 and we talked about the condemnation. Jesus was talking. This is still Jesus talking. He's telling Nicodemus how to be saved. John 3, 16 to 18, here's what it says. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him 
him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And then in verse 19, he talks about what that condemnation is. So there's hope. Even if you're struggling with any of those things that will not inherit the kingdom of heaven, Jesus came to save you. He came to save me. Let's continue there as we get ready to wrap this thing up in Genesis 19, verses 23 to 29. Here's what it said. The sun had risen upon the earth when Lot entered Zor. Then the Lord rained brimstone and fire on Sodom and Gomorrah from the Lord or from the Lord out of the heavens. Interesting note, they think they found at least one of these cities possibly because it looks like the city was destroyed by fire from heaven. And it just appears that way, just looking at the destruction. So there's a possibility they know where this is at. Wake up. Bible gives you those warnings. So he overthrew the city, those cities, all the plain and all the inhabitants of the cities and what grew on the ground. But his wife. Hmm. But his wife, talking about Lot's wife, looked back behind him. And she became a pillar of salt. Angel said, don't look back, just go. She looked back, she became a pillar of salt. She didn't heed the warning. Then verse 27 gets back to the guy who were centering everything around, this series around, it's his family. It says, and Abraham went early in the morning to the place where he had been... Or he had stood before the Lord. In other words, a place where God was telling him what he was about to do. And he was trying to negotiate. God, please spare it for this and this and this. The same place. So he goes back to that place. Early in the morning to the place where he had stood before the Lord. Verse 28 says, Then he looked toward Sodom and Gomorrah and toward all the land of the plain. And he saw, and behold, the smoke of the land which went up like the smoke of a furnace. And it came to pass. When God destroyed the cities of the plain, that God remembered Abraham and sent Lot out of the midst of the overthrow. When he overthrew the cities in which Lot had dwelt. Remember Lot? He was living in prosperity. He was with the anointed man of God, the chosen one. God chose him to be a nation. But then when he got out of his will, he headed east, right? Now he's kind of stuck with nothing, but everything he had seemed to have been destroyed in the city. All he's got left is him and his wife and his two daughters. And there's other daughters, apparently, because they're daughters that were married and their son-in-law. His son-in-laws weren't listening. Remember, they were laughing, laughing at him. Point number six, final point this morning. Judgment is coming. Are you ready? It's coming. Just like God tried to warn through the angels, tried to warn. He told Abraham what was about to happen. He said, I'm going to destroy it. Judgment's coming. Are you ready? Talking Star Wars for just a second as we get ready to wrap up this morning. The day was coming when Vader, Darth Vader, remember we talked about him earlier, would have to own up to his own mistakes, the mistakes that he made. But neither him nor Luke were yet ready for that day. Here in episode 5, when we see Luke make take the leap of faith, Vader was wanting to come to the dark side. They're not ready yet. But there's coming a day. We'll see it next week. We'll talk about it probably. When Vader could redeem his mistakes that he had made and have a chance 
to be die a Jedi again, or he'd have his soul live and be able to, well, we don't have to go there. In this story, Abraham was getting ready to establish a nation because he trusted God to lead his life. Lot was spared because he heeded the word or the warning of the angels. 2 Timothy 3, 12 to 15, as we get ready to close. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will, notice the promise, suffer persecution. But evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, assured of, sorry, knowing from whom you have learned them. Verse 15 says, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Now, Paul is talking to Timothy here, who's pastoring some churches Paul had left behind. And he's reading this letter. He says, continue in the things you've learned from the beginning. You've been, you've been raised with the scriptures. Talking to Timothy. Some of you haven't been raised in it, but you know of them now. Paul is saying, remember where you came from. It's going to get worse. You're going to be persecuted. The evil and imposters will get worse and worse. And they'll be deceiving. And they'll be being deceived. People are going to be being deceived. He says, hold to the truth. Hold to the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. I know this morning this wasn't exactly the warm, fuzzy feeling message maybe you were trying to expect when you jumped in this morning, but I'm telling you, I've got to speak what God has for me to speak. And this morning, the message is the coming judgment. Yes, Jesus loves you. He wants to see you come to the saving knowledge of grace through God, salvation. The choice is up to you. Are you going to follow God or are you going to follow the world? Are you going to follow the broad road, which leads to destruction, Jesus says? Or are you going to follow the narrow path that leads to eternal life? The choice is yours. I can't make that decision for you. Nor can I convince you what to do. You've got to decide. But I'm telling you, go read Matthew 24. Jesus is talking. He's talking about the last days. There is a whole lot of things you see on that list that are happening right now in this world. And he says these are the beginning of birth pains. Get ready. If you've never received Christ this morning, I want to go ahead and dismiss those of you online. If you've never received Christ this morning, I want to give you that opportunity now before it is too late. Before that judgment, if you want to be able to stand confident before God on judgment day and say, I know whom I have believed, he's delivered me, it's simple. We just went over the plan. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus was the plan. He came, he died so that we wouldn't have to die. He died in our place. So those that receive him, that come through the narrow gate, come through him. If you're wanting to go to eternal life, you've got to go through him. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Are you ready? It's simple. You just ask. You say, dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I believe you died on the cross for me. I believe you rose on the third day, becoming victorious over death. 
I ask you to come into my heart. Be Lord of my life. Forgive me of all my sins. From here on out, I'll live my life for you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving me. In your name I pray. Amen. And it is as simple as asking. That's it. You're saying, I repent from my ways. I want to follow your ways, God. I get off the broad road. I want to get on the narrow path. That's what you're saying. If you did that and received Christ this morning, you meant it from the bottom of your heart. There's a life change coming into your life. I want to say congratulations on becoming a child of God. Your next step is you need to join a good church family and you need to be baptized. Following in Jesus' footsteps. Here's what else I want you to do. Go to nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. At the top of the page, on the top left side of the page, you click on the menu button. All the way to the right side of the drop box, you click on the button that says the road to new life. When you click on that, it's going to take you to a separate website I created in college, which will walk you through the steps of salvation. You follow each page in order. When you get to the bottom, there's a prayer similar to the one I just prayed in case you need an idea of how to pray. And there's a contact form which comes directly to my email, treadandfruits at yahoo.com. Go ahead and send me a contact form. I want to know that you received Christ this morning. I want to celebrate with you. Then find yourself a good church home and get baptized. There's stuff coming. You need to be ready. Your eyes need to be opened to what God is trying to do in this lost and fallen world. Thank you so much for tuning online. Next week, we're going to continue this Star Wars series, and we're going to be continuing in the life of Abraham. I'll see you next week. We'll probably be talking about the promised son, Isaac. We're talking about probably him being born. We'll see where we go with that, how far we go. I'll see you guys next week. God bless. Thank you for tuning online.